great day. It's getting out of the bed. You know, or going to sleep. Whatever time of day that you're listening to. And I hope you're having a good one. This is Arturo Muñoz, a.k.a. Velas. And official young Javi here along with our special guest. Maria Espinosa. And you're in tune to For the Barrios Podcast. Orale. A podcast aiming to enlighten, encourage, and educate young minds of color, speaking with the community, for the community, for the barrios. Now, today's episode is about being a bilingual entrepreneur for our familias. So, oftentimes, you know, in our monolingual familias, we have to act in, as an interpreter, you know, when we're going to the doctors or at schools, you know, being an interpreter, and that's the, for our own families, for our own parents who, you know, only speak one language most of the times, you know? And so, before we go into the topic, we're going to give Maria, Maria Espinosa, a little time for her to speak about herself, what brings her here, and about the amazing work that she does. What brings me here today is I want to explore this topic, um, child brokering, um, due to my experience and perspective, but also because many people have experiences, and I wanted to acknowledge the work of those who have been child brokers, because oftentimes the work that language brokers have done go on notice then you already teach me some language about this topic say i don't even know what they're called is the child brokers child. yeah you mind telling us a little bit about what that means real quick um in this context a child bro- broker um means um that a child um from an immigrant family um are used as um, translators and interpreters for their families, um, for their monolingual families. And I wanted to um, specify that um, child brokering is translating and interpreting, and translating is associated with written work, such as documents or materials, and interpreting is associated with verbal communication and social situations. People use those two terms as um, like synonyms, but they are um, different from each other. Um, but basically, a child just helps their family um, translate or interpret um things that they might need all right cool no i never heard the word I'm, I'm glad to learn even the difference between translating and trans- interpretation i don't know that either so already like in five minutes you know you're really enlightening us already you know and that's the as we go into our topics you now before we do that i want to go ahead and do our you know quick check-in if there are gifts and badges or rules and thorns so real quick um our gifts and uh, our gift in the rose is something that's really positive something that's bringing us a lot of light our baggage is something that's you know kind of heavy or is the or like you know something that we're not too happy about at the moment you know? yeah yeah yo like a revolutionary legend we will always be explain how our people ended up i want to pass on the mic and see which one of you two you don't know, want to take up the mic you know and say your gifts and badges or your rose and thorns um my rose is that it's starting to be fall and the cold weather is coming um the leaves are changing and i just love um this upcoming weather because i just can't stand um the heat um and my thorn is um i have an exam the cbes exam coming uh on October 10th and I'm really nervous because I haven't studied um, everyone says I'll be fine but mm, I I really I'm not well with exams um, but yeah I'm really nervous about that much luck to your exams you know so when the day comes I know it could be very stressful 
I hear people always talking about stressing off when it comes to exams or anything coming coming um along the way and doesn't really seem um too pleasant, you know, because, like, then they're, like, for example, you know, I know, like I said, I know a couple people when they're, like, stressing and that's, like, all that's, like, going through their mind. And I just help them, try to help them relax, you know, like, calm their mind and just, you know, just be that support. But another than that, going on to my gifts and baggages, I mean... Just to highlight a couple baggages, I mean, there's always going to be some shit going on, and I feel as long as people are going on to injust, going, facing injustice, facing exploitation, getting their land or the resources stripped off away, then I feel things will never get better. So fucking until that gets better, um, then I won't even have a baggage at all. But until then, right now, just to highlight a couple of gifts, a couple of gifts have performed for Solar's release project party. So much love to him, you know. He had me as one of the performers. Um, congratulations to him. Make sure to check out his music. You know, doing some dope shit around Selena's, around the area. You know, really representing hip-hop, bringing positive energy. It was really a space of family right there, you know. People were coming up, talking to me after. Um, got familiar with other people's struggles. And I always like to mention, I like to get familiar with other people's struggles. Because every time I do, it gives me a better understanding of mine. And another gift to highlight real quick, I'm looking forward to this episode. What you brought up was really interesting. I wasn't familiar with what you... Well, I am familiar with people who, like, have to translate for their family members, for their dads and their moms. Um, people have to translate for me sometimes, too, you know, because so, <laughs> I'm not, like, the best with my Spanish, you know. So, like, when it comes to that or, um, yeah, so stuff like that, you know. But um, another thing to highlight, we went with Rochelle. She was one of our special guests for the poetry. What episode was that, Arturo? Rochelle, with Rochelle. Yeah, it was our hometown, right? Hometown, like growing up in Hollister, talking about our experiences. Um, so we had a poetry reading out there in Oakland. That went good. Um, just highlight that real quick. Um, another another highlight is to mention just my family doing good, healthy. You know, they're still living and breathing and everything. You know, so got to be thankful for that. Um, I woke up today, you know. I'm not, I'm not in no casket. I'm not in no hospital bed, you know. Um, I guess a baggage I could throw in real quick is that I didn't. Re I missed out on a couple of days of the gym, you know, just because, like, nothing to complain about, but I was just like, damn, it just feels different when you don't work out. <laughs> but I've um, been drinking a lot of water, you know, um, just striving to eat more healthier and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, um, me personally can't complain too much about things. But um, other than that, we here, you know, bringing the people another episode for the podcast. Bringing the people another episode of the podcast. You know, it's for our barrios, you know what I mean? So much love. For my gifts and badges, I want to go, say, go ahead and say that, you know, we haven't recorded it for like a couple of weeks now. It's the, so, you know, we're doing that basically because, you know, having nine our students or, you know, we have jobs, we have, you know, our families to attend, you know. So we usually have them you know, pre-recorded and then like announced later on, uploaded later on. And so within the time that we haven't recorded or the, the times that, yeah, that we haven't recorded, it's been really fruitful, like a lot of beautiful things, you know, coming up. Had a lot of opportunities to guest lecture, had a lot of workshops to, you know, do. Um, you know, the, last week I had some few ones going on too. A lot of new the workshops coming up next week as well. No guest lectures until November again, but, you know, I'm excited for November. It's always something to look forward to later, you know. Trying to set up an, uh, an event. Um, with the collaboration of For the Virus Podcast and a student organization at CSUMB. So hopefully that goes down in November as well. And you know, some beautiful things going on, you know, that's the, the, you know, I think uh, for me, you know, trying to outreach within the community, you know, make sure that our community members are engaged with the work that we do. And, you know, it's me always, you know, trying to give wisdom to our gente, you know, and it's be, you know, also enlightened by our own gente too. Um, in terms of baggages, 
<clears throat> I'm just thinking about all the things I gotta do this week, which is okay, you know. It's, I got something to do, so you know, it keeps me busy, you know, something to look forward to. But I just feel like um, I'm just currently mentally preparing, knowing that t- tomorrow's gonna be Monday, and that it's gonna be time to you know get back at it and doing what I gotta do, you know. Which like again, it's you no know, kind of like the exam, you know, something that we it takes um a lot of energy to put in, but at the end it's gonna be something that is really um it could be something that's really fruitful as well. I don't know, it could be a rose too, you know. Um. But that being, I guess, and bad, just we're going to go into our topic today, being translators and interpreters for our familias. You know, I want to say or see if you have any experiences or examples of that happening in your lives, or have you ever witnessed someone doing that, you know, for someone? I know how you said that some people have to interpret for you. Um, you know, as the Maria, I think you mentioned that you have personal experiences and you also have done research within it. Any examples that you all want to bring up? I have many examples. Uh, when I was at the age to translate, um, I don't remember specifically what age. I just remember I was really young. Um, I automatically was given the responsibility to translate and interpret for my parents whenever they needed it. My parents are landscapers, and majority of their clients spoke only English. Therefore, when I was younger, whenever I went to work with my parents, I don't have to talk to my parents' clients and be used as an interpreter. And I had other responsibilities, such as translating and filling out medical and legal and school documents. I had to translate arguments, school meetings, um, so basically to sum it up, a lot of experience, and I admit, personally, I didn't, I disliked the role, um, and um, there, my older brother could have done it, but since uh, I was more willing and didn't really nag about it, I had the responsibility, Um I tried getting out of that responsibility many times. I, When I was about like 10 or 11, I would create handbooks um, for my mom and try to teach her English. Um, so I would be her little maestra. Um, but obviously she would come home work um, tired and um, she had other things to do. Um, we weren't very inconsistent, so it just didn't work out. And it's not her fault, obviously. Um, she has a lot to things to do um but i did i do have a lot of experience um being there for translating interpreting many things for um my family i really resonated with the time that you said that you've been like a little maestra for your parents for your mom specifically i remember there's a time where my mom was taking english classes too right here in calaveras they had like some after school thing going on and i would go with her every now and then and then after that I would go home and thinking that I could be a maestro too, you know. So I'd be teaching my mom something, you know. I also teach my grandma some words too. But it was so hard, you know. It was hard to teach her or them, you know, as the Spanish, I mean, English. It was really hard as a kid, so I would even cry, you know, because it was so frustrating, you know. And it was um something that needed a lot of patience to um um try to teach our familias English, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, you know, and it's the, I remember also... One thing that, you know, for some reason it came vividly to my mind is that when we had door knockers or people looking for people, so like let's say someone's looking for my dad at my house, you know, someone comes knocking, then my grandma would answer it, they'll be like, they'll, they'll tell me as a little kid, you know, to the door, and I might have like be translating for the person at the door with my grandma, you know, or like even if someone's trying to drop off some some kind of, um, I don't know, like what people knock for, like, I don't know, like if someone's trying to give like a little anuncio, like a little, like, I don't know, something is going down, you know, instead of, like, let's say, advertisements or whatever, 
you know, I would always have it to translate from my, instead from my grandma or whoever who was at the house, you know, from my mom. And being that my mom understands English too sometimes, I mean, she does, for, like, at a great level. She doesn't know how to speak it well. So even though as the, she understands what people are saying, I have to, you know, as the, um, interpret her Spanish into English because she was not comfortable speaking her English, you know. Even though she kind of didn't know the words and everything, it was just, you know, it wasn't... Um, she was not comfortable doing so yet, you know what I mean? And she went to classes and everything, but she was not at the level where she felt comfortable speaking it yet. Uh, but I, I honestly, like, I could kind of, like, relate to your mom on that, but not, like, learning on English, but learning Spanish, you know? So, like, I could understand it to a certain extent, you know, where, like, I, I could still kind of have a conversation, but I'm going to most likely be talking English, Spanish back, you know? Me and my grandpa do this, like, almost all the time. But, um, um, oh, sure, I was going to say, yeah, like, when I'll try to practice my Spanish, what usually kind of like shuts me off is when people start laughing, you know, and then like kind of start clowning on you and you're just like, I don't even want to try now, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like if you make me feel more comfortable to speak in or like if you're correcting me, like that's cool. But you're like, ah, you know, laughing. I'm like, nah, bro, like whatever, homie. <laughs> but um, just to elaborate a little bit, like, I mean, I grew up all my life seeing people translate for their parents. Like, you know, in my neighborhood, seeing seeing my boy, you know, like he's he's he knows Spanish and English, but his parents only knew Spanish and then the, they'll be like calling him and then he'll run up and then just like, you know, leave whatever we're playing just to go translate real quick, you know. And so I grew up my whole life seeing it. I still see it to this day. My girlfriend translates for her parents, too. You know, uh, just had a quick little story about myself. I remember I did take Spanish class my ninth grade year, which I was never in school. So, like, I was never in the class either. But um. The whole reason why I took it, because I had an ex-lady at the time, and I told her, I'm all like, oh, I want to, like, be able to speak um more fluent Spanish with my grandpa and all that, and then also with, like, your grandparents, because they spoke nothing but Spanish, you know? But, yeah, I didn't really had direction like that, you know? I just kept fucking around, whatever. Never really in class, you know? Never in school. Out of my whole, out of my whole freshman year, I was probably only there, like, month or, uh, like, if you had all my days I was probably there, it was probably only, like, a month or two out of, like, six, seven months. But um, but yeah, you know that's um so far for like me, you know. Yeah. See, morning, always teaching class, huh? Always teaching class. Nah, that's the we are we are those days, you know. But you know, most importantly now is that we you know we're we love being educated, you know, and love being educators too, you know. You know, sharing palabra, you know what I mean. And like something else that you know spoke to me too, Mario was like when we were talking about um your dad. Oh, your parents, you know, being landscapers, you know, and you having to speak with the clients, you know, and I think that brings a lot of uh, expectations, you know, to how well of an interpreter you have to be. And I was kind of wondering, you know, what's the what those expectations or what those pressures that you had being a, being a, in that sense, a professional interpreter for your familia? Um, it was a lot of pressure um, due to the fear of mistranslation. And because as a child, obviously, my vocabulary wasn't well developed. Therefore, I wasn't sure how to translate some things. And I had a big fear of mistranslation because it can cause a huge problem, um, especially when dealing with legal and federal um, like documents. Like any misinterpretation can cause, I, I God knows what, I don't know. Um, but... 
I'm also like an anxious child. I was an anxious child. I mean, I'm still, I am. Um, and, um, whenever my parents would come running to give me the phone to talk to either their clients, abogados or school personnel, I would be terrified talking through the phone because I did not have the context of what I was supposed to be communicating to the person. So I would just like freeze up and then my parents would get mad at me and say like, um, pues porque aprendiste el inglés. And then, so I would feel bad and like disappointed in myself for not being able to help my family. And I feel like I failed them. Um, and so it was a lot of pressure. Um, and as a child, it does, when your parents tell you those things, like if you feel really bad about yourself. Um, but yeah, the, that's yeah a lot of pressure. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of pressure, you know, but. Much props to you even doing it, you know, for your family. Kind of reminded me of my mom. She actually translates a lot for, like, my grandpa and stuff like that. You know, so I couldn't imagine how deep that fear was for you, you know, trying not to get something wrong while giving your information back to the client or your parents. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to touch up on the topic, you know, just because i never really been in that translation position. But I think when it comes, maybe, like, maybe I guess what I can say when it comes to understanding, like, readings or something like that, like, I guess I'm able to break things down like that information. I don't know. Translate information when people misinterpret it, you know. So I guess that's, like, my comparisons I could do, you know. And again, when you talked about the phone, it reminded me of, like, it's the, well, back in the day, everybody had house phones, you know what I mean? And so it's the, cada vez que the phone would ring would want me to answer because most like the person on the line was speaking you know, either English or our familia you know what I mean so I would answer the phone and instead and I'd be like oh you're looking for my abuelita oh, pues estaba, you know, if, it's, if it's a tío or something you know and if it was like a business or if it was a doctor or something then I'd be trying to translate from the doctor you know as I mean interpret you know from whatever the doctor's saying to my parents or my grandma and that was uh, that was interesting too because the, the doctors would speak to you in a way that they shouldn't speak to a kid, you know what I mean? It's like they they speak a uh, a more affluent language, you know, and it's, it was hard to understand what they were saying. But I try to make the best sense I could and kind of like give the best information I could to my, you know, whoever it was I was trying to direct it to. And it was an interesting experience because sometimes it's the, um, I would get things wrong, you know what I mean? But they would blame it on each other, you know? So, like, you know, let's say um, I got some information wrong and it was from my grandma's appointment. That my parents would get mad at my grandma because she forgot her appointment when in reality it was my fault. So I was never really um to blame, you know. And but it's the I could see I felt the guilt, you know what I mean, for you know, people getting in trouble for, you know, for por mi culpa, you know. And so that was some things that, you know, I kinda hated, you know. And I also hated doing it, you know. I hated like having to like stop doing what I was doing to go answer the phone. You know, when the phone rang, I was like, damn <laughs> I was like, damn, that sucks. I don't wanna do that right now. But it's the, yeah, it was something that was urgent, you know what I mean? I think it's still those phone calls that we would get. It was always something important, you know? No, never would did we receive um, phone calls that were just like, you know, más por gusto, you know? Um, but I think those moments, you know, really de- does teach us some, some valuable things, you know? And that's the teach us some things that we carry on today, you know? So I think I could imagine that um, diligence that you work with the client, you know, it's the, I think that, you know, could... You know, it's the influence today's um your professional outlook or whatever it is that um you took out of it. You know, it's the and I wanted to kind of listen to you know what it is that you learn. You know, it's there from being a bilingual, it's the child broker. You know I me, mean? 
And, you know, what are some things that you think you want to highlight from those experiences? Some things that I want to highlight is, um, although I didn't really like being it, being a um, translator and interpreter when I was a young when I was at a young age, um, right now, reflecting back on everything I have done for my family, I do feel that pride for helping them. And it has helped me um, be more of a like a fighter um, because I did have to, you know, sometimes fight battles for my parents, for my families uh, when they couldn't. So um, it learned me how to um just um not be taking advantage or um letting other people take advantage of my family because they can't speak english um so it just helped me be a little bit more confident in my ability to um help those who can't help themselves um it's helped me through like my professions um like i'm able to um be a translator interpreter for families um, who I work with or so it um, this experience will follow me and um, all the positive things um, will does help me um, professionally um, but I think yeah and I think yeah those are um, my top um, um, benefits of being a translator interpreter for my family Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think also like um, I think there's a lot more that we we carry out, you know, or take away from those experiences, right? And that's the right now you mentioned some highlights that you know you have um that you experienced, you know, some highlights of yours, you know, your highlights, right? But I was just kind of reflecting on like, is the what are some highlights that your parents might have taken away from it? You know what I mean? Some things that they are grateful for, you know what I mean? Like, in what ways are they grateful for you, you know what I mean? So I think, in other words, I just want to kind of, like, um, reflect a little bit on how, you know, as the, how you out there, you know, as the, whoever, um, whoever is out there as an audience listening who also are child brokers to, you know, as the, realize how much, um, you actually contribute to your familias, you know, as a child broker, you know, as someone that is translating, tra- interpreting for your own familias, you know? Uh, how grateful your familias must be for you, you know what I mean? And whoever else that you're interpreting and translating for. And instead, being, you know, that being said, I kind of want to um, reflect on how, you know, in what ways our familias or what ways our community members may be grateful for, you know, for our abilities to be a translator and interpreter. I mean, being a translator or anything like that, like, Knowing multiple language, I always think that comes in handy. And I think it means um, speaking any form of Spanish and also understanding English. I think you're more in a in a better position to have advantage of, like, understanding the way how the system works, you know. I'm just um, thinking about the speech I was listening to one time, and it was just talking about, like, how, how, like, his dad would tell him about learning Spanish and all that. Well, not learning Spanish, I mean learning English, and he wanted his son to learn English to the point where where he was able to speak it better than the average English speaker, you know, and know their history better than they know their own history. So what his dad would actually do would take him to these um to the museum to say these dinosaurs' names, you know, and I can't really even say those names, right? Some of them. But his dad would have him practice saying it, saying it, saying it all the time. And he told him, he's all like, the reason why you can't say the words properly, the words properly is because you're 
your jaw or your tongue is not meant to speak the English language, you know, so it's like some type of exercise like that, you know, and he told, and fuck, what else did he say? He said, um, yeah, that's why you're always saying like, like pizza instead of pizza. That's why you're so always saying a Sprite, like instead of like, you know, something like that. Like, and I was just like, oh shit, you know, just watching that, you know, it was a trip. But, um, but eventually this guy did ended up learning how to speak the English language and now he's this fucking great ass revolutionary. So some up who I'm talking about, moral technique, fucking, but yeah, so, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, like, I feel like there is a lot of benefits to it, you know, I feel cause you're able to, I feel like even learning any language, bro, like, cause there's so many different languages in this damn world, you know, and it's like, you, you're able to speak with different people now, you know, it, like in a clear conversation instead of having just a translator or something, you know, it's like, um, but it's always dope to have a translator there in case you don't know, you know, so if you all know like Russian, Spanish to any other um, Spanish language to, to, uh, I don't know, any language, you know, that's out there and, and you know it and I don't, well, it's like, it's kind of important to have you around real quick, you know, cause <laughs> that'll be really beneficial. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, but, um, but yeah, like reaching out to learning different languages. I met somebody that knows seven different languages, man, like. Yeah, I was like seven different languages. I was like, damn, <laughs> I only could speak this one. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool, you know. Um, I feel like that's that's what makes the human race unique as well, you know. Everybody has their own form of talking and everything. Even not even even kind of like getting out of the language real quick. Even in your own community language, you know, we create our own slangs as well. You know, that that's hella interesting too. You know, I could say hopping out the shower. Somebody who's not familiar, like, oh, I'm just getting out of the shower. Like, when I say hopping out the shower, I'm just saying I'm getting out of the shower. But for someone who's not familiar with that slang, would think I'm literally hopping off the shower, you know? Or, hey, I'm going to slide through. You know, if he was not familiar with that slang, I'm just saying, like, oh, I'm just going to I'm gonna come over, you know? But when I say I'm going to slide through, it's like, you know, you kind of, like, picture me, like, sliding, I guess, you know? I, I got People told me that. That's why. <laughs> yeah, like, when they first hear me say, like, words like that and stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll not be able to see this or nothing, but, you know, right now we just took, like, a five-minute break to go outside because we heard sirens. We heard, like, intercom words, like, suspiciously looking what the hell is going on. So it's hella funny how, like, things happen within the episodes that y'all don't see, you know. But you just know that there's, uh, there were some sirens, and we were all like, what was going on? And then we hear the intercom, and we're like, oh, shit, we got to go outside. And we're outside, and everything kind of stops, you know. I, I ain't achieving, you know what I mean? It's been us, you know, I cheese muscles, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be kind of funny having like a live camera, seeing y'all actually witness what we do. It'll be a very interesting episode because you all see a lot more of the behind the scenes, you know? Us messing around right here. The little breaks that we have within the episodes and stuff that you all don't even get to see, you know? But back to the topic, my before you're not going off a little tangent and stuff like that. But when we're going, we're answering the question of like, um, damn kind of forgot the question we're answering the question of how like um we highlight or we contribute beautiful things to our communities our families you know through being interpreters and translators right and i think um something i want to go go ahead and highlight real quick you know i think of some 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 of the promises of some of the great things about being a translator or a interpreter for our familias is something that y'all should be um what's the word recognizing in yourselves you know because you already do this without even probably noticing that you are really, you know, child brokers or just being translators, interpreters, are basically bringing access to resources, you know, for our familias and the community members that 
are in the language barrier, you know what I mean? That do not know how to, like, because of lack of a language, you know, because of that, you know, they're already, like, um, they already, they already have a barrier from what resources they could actually use or utilize, you know? Like, even going to a doctor's, that stuff could be intimidating because, you know, there's there's language barriers, you know what I mean? Even my mom that understands English and could, you know, chop it up, you know, very slightly, she is, you know, still, you know, as they're afraid and uncomfortable, you know, going and asking for resources herself, you know what I mean? So, you know, y'all out there, like, there are interpreters and interpreters and translators, you know, y'all really, you know, like, you know, as the a tool of, for as the accessing resources, you know, so, you know, thank you for that, you know what I mean? But not only that, but I think, you know, how you said it, how you, like, you know, if we know more languages, we get to understand a lot more perspectives, you know what I mean? I think um being an interpreter, too, too is, like, or translator, too, we were definitely our bridging communities, you know, without even noticing, you know what I mean? And so that's the... What's that one? Nah, I just, like, I was gonna say, um, even, like, even, like, translating, I remember learning, like, even, like, translating is not completely, like, the way exactly how it's said in its own language, you know? So, like, if you're translating something in Spanish, it, it's actually a little bit more different in English or something. So, like, yeah, I, I just kind of thought about that. That's why I raised my hand and shit. <laughs> Damn, from going from Disney school to raising your hand now. <laughs> Damn. Huh? Yeah, but it's the, you know, definitely, um, you know, it's a way to access resources. It's a way to bridge communities. But also, I think it's a way of resistance. You know what I mean? Us persevering and find ways to um, make it throughout, you know, our days. You know what I mean? Make it throughout um, <laughs> our living situations. <laughs> How he's raising his hands again. Let's pass the mic one more time. Let's see what's up. I just want to say, man, I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. He's being polite by raising his hand, huh? Freaking dude. Never seen him do that before, man. Right? But, um, but yeah, you know, I just want to say, you know, thank you all for, you know, just being really resilient and um, powerful people out there, you know, just by the act of translating and being interpreters, you know what I mean? Thank you for that, you know what I mean? And that's the... We also want to acknowledge some of the hardships that go with it, you know what I mean? Because it is a struggle, you know what I mean? It is an extra layer of um, difficulties that y'all have to, you know, have to go through, you know? It's um, because, you know, y'all doing it out of, you know, love and kindness, you know? And oftentimes we won't get rewarded for those um, experiences, you know what I mean? Not many times are we thanked for that or even paid for that or nothing, you know? So we want to acknowledge some of the hardships that go with it. And again, we want to kind of like, you know, say thank you for that. But, um, you know, Maria, what would, what would be some of the hardships that you've gone through, you know, being a, a translator or a entrepreneur? I mean, entrepreneur. Hey, you are an entrepreneur. You are an entrepreneur. But a translator and a yes, the interpreter. Um, some of, um, like, negative experiences or my feelings, um, negative feelings that I felt about it. Well, like I said, is feeling that pressure. I did feel, like, frustration, um, either being called up so many times by my parents um, to translate things um, or interpret things. Um, um, when I was really young, I would feel um, embarrassed sometimes uh, because at that age, you know, I wasn't really that connected with my culture. Um, so I felt a little embarrassed um, trying to translate, um, interpret for my parents um and then like you know the pressure to translate accurately um and um i can't speak for all people who have experienced this but 
um, like other negative things that I've read about in research is just um, if you're um, translating what the doctor is saying to your um, family, um, that could be very traumatizing to a child. For instance, if they trans, if they, if a doctor says to translate that your mom might need her leg amputated, like how would a child of uh, feel if they had to translate that? They they feel afraid and um, scared. Um, other, um, things is being pulled. Sometimes, um, children get pulled out of school to even attend like core or like their medical, um, appointments for their parents. And, you know, that could like affect their, um, their, um, academics. Um, but there, there isn't really a definite, um, negative, um, impact that, um, being a child broker, being a child language broker brokering <laughs> i can't even speak anymore <laughs> um um has on a child it just varies um depending on um the individual and their experiences but yeah for me it's just a lot of um uh, a lot of frustration um and um now i'm af- i'm still afraid to talk through the phone i don't know if it was because of like being given the phone when i was younger to translate or what i'm just like i get really nervous on the phone i had to have a, a script um i even forget my name sometimes um but yeah yeah that's actually really true um like experiences like that could like give your body like a recognized type of trauma where it's like your body remembers that feeling how you felt when you were younger and you don't even have to be aware of it like it could just unconsciously be like doing it to it so when you hear that phone ring maybe it's just like your body's like oh fuck like you know it just remembers that trauma that that you you had when you were younger and all that and I, you know we got into generational trauma and i know like this might be a little bit off topic real quick so it makes me think sometimes like when we think about genocide that happened with our ancestors i wonder what what trauma still carries within ourselves as well you know just because of you know, all that abuse, all that physical abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, everything that, that occurred to our people, you know, that still continues on because it gets passed down for generation. And, you know, that's what's cool about this podcast. It's always about healing and stuff like that, you know. So finding that, you know, where else do you hear this stuff, you know, with people who are talking about it? Yeah, but I think we should have more spaces where we're able to be comfortable and safe to discuss what what we have to bring to the table, you know. Cause yeah, that's that stuff's all real, you know. So I could believe you on that, you know. Just like all that, like that um, that instinct, you know. Just where it's like, oh shit, like recognizing it, your body recognizes it, and then like the lizard part of the brain responds first, you know. Then the thinking side of the brain, cause the the lizard part of the brain is just like where where it re- when it recognizes that trauma, it's your like your flight flight type of in- your instincts, you know. So you're just like, oh shit, like. And then some people freeze up, some people swing, you know. I don't know, you know. Depends on how you how how it reacts for you and then your thinking comes after but yeah that, that's all i gotta add on you got anything to add on always got things to add on bro i always thought nah no it's the nah on the real it's the i think you mentioned um how there's a uh, different stories that you know connect to these you know that have similar um damn i forgot how you said it but something about like you know there's more stories to this you know what i mean there's a lot more ways to connect these issues you know what i mean and i feel like um we do that with the episodes too. We always have 
all the issues that we talk about in, in our episodes, they all connect, you know what I mean? Like, even, like, this one about language barriers, we talked about a little bit about language barriers, or, yeah, and language barriers and translating and being interpreters. And the, the one with Resi, you know, exploring indigeneity. The episode itself was talking about how someone that knows an indigenous language has been kind of, like, discriminated against and has been forced, you know, to learn Spanish, you know what I mean? But not only that, but now being here in the U.S., having to learn English. So having three, you know, as they, no, actually two language barriers that she has to, you know, as they experience on the daily, you know what I mean? So that's another episode to touch base on. But there's other episodes, too, that would re- reflect and as they... And resonate with the similar topic, you know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, even, you know, you have it too, you know, even though you didn't really experience some of these topics, you've also witnessed them, you resonate with it as to a certain extent, you know what I mean? So if the, you know, you're listening, even though this doesn't really speak directly to you, I think it does speak to you in some kind of way. And that's the beauty about wisdom, you know, it's the beauty about palabra is something that we could always learn, even if it doesn't really directly impact us or or not, you know? Straight up, man, like you you said it best, that's the beauty of wisdom, you know. It's like when you pick up a book, that's somebody writing from their lens, you know, from their experiences. When we learn history, when we learn all this stuff, when it's just from somebody else's lens, you know. So when we learn from each other, we're speaking through our lenses, you know. I don't know, that's interesting, you know. I think like a lot of times people are always being studied, you know. So, I mean, and then we write our experiences through this world, our journey and how we how we lived and what we learned. And by doing so, we pick up books that somebody else wrote. Uh, we talk with people that, that might have the answers to what you're seeking. You know, so I don't know. That's an interesting process. I kind of just thought more heavily on it right now. But, yeah, that's the beauty of wisdom. Beautiful. And that's the, now that we're talking about wisdom, I know I like the word beautiful, you know. It reminds me of my girl, you know. And saying that, you know, I like that. I like the word. That's the, my bad. Because, yeah, I'm all smiling now. Anyways... Um, so yeah, it's the, um, talking about wisdom, you know, I, wanted, I was wondering if, Maria, you have any last words of wisdom you want to share before we go on to a five minutes of fun? Um, I just want to emphasize um, all the work that, um, well, about child, going back to um, child burglary, um, that, um, that you are valuable, um, all your effort um, doesn't go unnoticed, Um your family appreciates you or whoever you translate or interpret for they appreciate you and all you've done um i just wanted to um acknowledge all of you who've gone through this um all your effort or your all your um positive and negative experiences um yeah i just wanted to um acknowledge all all of you and um keep doing what you're doing um you you do make an impact with um with this um but yeah exactly y'all making a big difference out there and that's why you know all the things we're doing we're doing now for y'all you know knowing that y'all doing some things too you know to make a difference as well you know as a community what makes it takes a community to raise a child you know what i mean so it takes a community to you know make some difference too you know so we doing our part and i know y'all doing your part and y'all are appreciated you know and also thank y'all for supporting us along the way as well you know um i think we have um gone on to we're going to be going on to our five minutes of fun and we got a little special treat for y'all we'll be talking about what are our favorite ice cream flavors if you could choose one or many what you want what you got boy what the fuck you want Give me some chili Fritos. And you know how we do it. Stop playing with me, Smokey. Can I have my chili Fritos? Mama. You gonna kill me? Fuck out my face. 
who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about their favorite ice cream flavor? Hey, Maria, raise your hand. Hey, what's up with raising your hands now, you know? It's catching on. Have you starting something, eh? Um, yeah, my favorite ice cream flavor is, I'm basic, I like vanilla. Vanilla goes with everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, van- vanilla is just, um, you could put, you can mix a lot of flavors, a lot of other ice cream flavors with vanilla. That's why I like it because, um, you just can't go wrong with vanilla. Um, you could put mint chocolate or like, um, strawberry, um, just anything i just i just want vanilla right now i actually have vanilla ice cream at home oh it's so good um but yeah um yeah it's vanilla always will be vanilla if um there was no vanilla in the world it would be bubble gum no a lot of people do not like bubble gum ice cream i love it i love it to be real i never had bubble gum ice cream i had the mint one the one that looks all green yeah but i wasn't like really too much of a fan but that um that's just me but um favorite ice cream vanilla has to be one for sure and chocolate i like chocolate but when the potato comes around i'm either getting scribbles or some snowstorm and talking about the paletero i bet y'all know this one lucas the lucas paletas yeah he's either the tamarindo one or the chamor one no those two are bomb those are my favorite ones no always go to i feel like a little kid every time i get one you know brings me some good some good memories you know what i mean but besides that, I think uh, Javi's raising his hand again. <laughs> besides that, I just feel like you know someone has to come up with their horchata ice cream. Someone has to come up with that. I'll be down for that. Oh, you know what? I love the ice cream. bomb myself too. I love the ice cream. Tuna ice cream? Tuna como de nopal? Oh, tuna ice cream sounds bomb too. Eh? Where's that at? I got to It's in Seaside. Eh? So we're going to hunt for that, you know? We're going to hunt for that because I'm going to go. You know, we're going to take a field trip out there, eh? We're going to have a For the Barrios podcast event, an ice cream event. What's up? An ice cream social. Come meet the podcasters at whatever ice cream shop it is. Love you tight. Ooh, get the first advertisement that way. That's the, yeah. But that's that's my ice cream right there. Yeah, some good ideas. <laughs> y'all show up to the event, y'all get kidnapped. <laughs> nah, we're spoiling our imagination too much, huh? No, but... I was gonna say real quick, bro. Like, so this is Potato that drives the ice cream truck, right? She's always passed by right here all the time, um, every day, you know. And she knows what I always get when I stop her, you know, because I always get the same thing, you know. So when I'm when she sees me stopping her, like right away, she's already at the window with what I was about to buy. You know? <laughs> so it's cool, you know, building some bonds, you know. And I think it will be cool having the ice cream social, you know, a little event for you know for y'all that are listening to you know come down with her. Or whenever we're out there traveling, you know, to just hit up a spot, you know, tell y'all where we're at to come by and meet us, you know. Be cool a little way to, you know, get to know who's listening, you know, get to know y'all, for y'all to get to know us, you know. But yeah, but besides that, if y'all want to continue supporting too, you know, continue to buy our stickers, we should be having the stickers arriving real soon. So I think by the time we air this on the Monday, in the first business day of the week, I think we might be getting them. And yeah, just hit us up, you know, we got some brand new stickers, we still got them folders, you know, if you want to look studious in front of everybody else, you know, represent the For Your Bodies podcast folders. And, you know, rate us on, on iTunes too, you know, we've been getting some rates, I think we got like about 25 stars, so thank you all that are rating us, you know. We've been getting about over 5,000 listens already for within the times we've been listening. 
So y'all's love is really appreciated. Everything that y'all are doing us, you know, for the Bodies Podcast Familia, you know, it's done from love and we all feel the love, you know what I mean? And we also do it from the corazón too. Have you got something else you want to say? I'll just shout out to everybody who's bought the folders at the events that we went to the past, um, what, two days ago, three days ago now? Yeah. So just thought I'd throw that in real quick. Simon and all the students that have been lecturing that, you know, y'all getting folders from us too, you know, keep representing. It'd be cool, you know, seeing you know, what schools out there are representing. And for the homie that was having the bumper sticker in Fresno that got tied, oh, that was hella cool. Y'all got recognized. I forgot what your IG name was, but... It's cool, represent them, you know, put out, put them stickers anywhere you want, you know what I mean? Laptops, bumpers, whatever, you know. You know, but all that being said, we appreciate y'all, you know, and it's the hope y'all continue to feel our love and everything. And y'all been in tune too for the Barrios Podcast. Orale.